Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Nine forty-eight a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the nineteenth day of Frighttober, twenty twenty-three. This is episode eight hundred and eleven of a Bitcoin, and I'm really glad to be coming back to you, man. It's just I hate, I hate not doing the show. I can't stand it. It sucks. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It is necessary for the time being to step away a little bit and do some other stuff. But man, I got to tell you, I don't like it. I don't like doing, I don't like not doing a daily show. It's been part of my routine for damn near, you know, well, I think I started doing dailies four years ago. And you just don't, you just can't get rid of a daily routine that you've been doing for, you know, three years or four years and not have it have some kind of, you know, ramifications. It, it, it sucks. I, I don't like being away from you guys <clears throat> any longer than I have to. But with all that said, let's get in to the news. Grayscale files for new spot Bitcoin ETF on NYSE ARCA. And this is from Cointelegraph. It's written by Helen Parts. Grayscale Investments filed a new registration statement with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. All right. Yes. Excellent. I guess. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how badly you guys want a Bitcoin spot ETF. It depends on how, how you know, much you can forgive Grayscale for all the crap that it's done. And Grayscale's in trouble. We'll We'll get into that here in a minute. But let's get through what they're doing on this side of the court system. Major cryptocurrency investment firm Grayscale Investments has indeed filed a new application with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission for a new brand spanking new spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund. On October the 19th, Grayscale submitted an S3 form registration statement with the SEC intending to list the shares of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust on the New York Stock Exchange, ARCA, under the ticker symbol GBTC. The new filing aligns with Grayscale's ongoing effort to convert its Grayscale Bitcoin Trust into a spot Bitcoin ETF. Quote, we remain committed to working collaboratively and expeditiously with the SEC on behalf of GBTC's investors, the firm wrote in a statement. The latest S3 registration form is a shorter filing version of the typical S1 statement that targets the initial public offering of equity securities registered under the Securities Act. Quote, GBTC, however, is eligible to use Form S3, a shorter filing that incorporates by reference its SEC disclosures and reports because its shares have been registered under the Securities Exchange Act of 1934 since January of 2020, and it meets the other requirements of the form, Grayscale stated. The firm mentioned that Grayscale would be able to convert GBTC to an ETF and issue shares on a registered basis once NYSE ARCA's 19B-4 application is approved and the form S3 must be declared effective by the SEC. The statement added, quote, importantly, GBTC is ready to operate as an ETF upon receipt of these regulatory approvals and on behalf of GBTC's investors. Grayscale looks forward to working collaboratively and expeditiously with the SEC on these matters. End quote. The news comes just weeks after Grayscale won an SEC lawsuit for its spot Bitcoin ETF review with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit ordering the SEC to explain just why it rejected Grayscale's application in June of 2023. 
The company also filed with the SEC to list a shitcoin futures ETF in September. I don't care. Grayscale is one of several companies seeking the SEC's approval to launch a spot Bitcoin ETF. Yes, we know there's ARK Investment and BlackRock and Fidelity and a whole host of others. Now, here's here's my my initial question upon reading this is why file the short form versus the long form when you've already been denied you you would the re, the reason I'm getting at this is that you would think that filing a short form for the SEC even if you're allowed to would cause or not cause but have the potentiality of wrecking your plans. I, I don't know why I say that. It's sort of a gut feeling. The S3 is a valid form. It's just a shorter form than, you know, S1. It's like filing a 1040EZ versus a regular 1040, right? It's just very much shorter. It makes everything expeditious, and I get that. But you would kind of think that after all this, that GBTC would say, you know what? If we're going to refile, if we're going to refile at all, let's do the S1. Which brings me to another point, is the fact that they're refiling. And there's something about that that, me, that looks to me that Grayscale is doing is at least doing their part to meet the SEC halfway at least halfway on this. Because what they could have done is said, okay, well, you guys are ordered by the court to look at our last application. So you guys go do that. We'll wait here. And, you know, because you guys got your hand slapped and the federal court, you know, handed you your butt in public and you're embarrassed. So you go do your thing. But instead of being arrogant, the grayscale refiled and made a little, you know, made some adjustments. So, it seems to me that they're saying we want this badly. We want this badly enough that even though you lost, we want to work with you. And this telegraphs to me that their discussions with the SEC are progressing. And I again, a gut feeling there's just something about this this work that's being done that suggests to me that the SEC may be at on their on the ropes, as it were, that on their last legs, they've eaten their last field ration, and they're they're just ready to get off the field of battle, and maybe just maybe we'll see some ETFs. This, by the way, just so you know, I'm not excited about an ETF. I the only reason that I think an ETF is good. Okay, and this is the only reason, because there's many reasons why it's bad. But the only reason why it's good is that there are people out there that need exposure to Bitcoin that are unable to get exposure to Bitcoin because they just don't have the time to self-custody. They're going to depend on institutional buy-ins for their 401k, uh, that, that kind of thing. Like if you're working for a union, if the union investments, that's the only way that they're going to get exposure to Bitcoin. They can't buy it directly because all of them are legally bound to not buy anything for their customers. That is not basically, they, they're the, you just can't own the underlying asset. You have to have a third party custodian to hold the asset. And you're not going to be able to do that by getting Bob, you know, the warden of the union to just buy it for the union. That shit's not allowed. So the only way that a whole bunch of people are going to get any kind of exposure at all, even if they don't directly hold the asset themselves, which they should, and we all know that, is a spot Bitcoin ETF. Why is it bad? Well, you saw what happened with gold ETF. It's basically a price, it's, uh, it, it, it's a price compressor. And what I mean by compressor is that there are ways to manipulate prices through these instruments that causes dips not to be so dippy, but conversely, highs not to get too damn high. All right, it's it's a price. People will say, well, it's a price suppression. I don't think it's as much suppression as it is like a compressor. But that compressor is, I you know, if you really want the price to go to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a coin. 
this may not be the droids you're looking for is to use Obi-Wan Kenobi and Star Wars parlance. But again, we've, we, we've got some other things going on in the Bitcoin spot ETF space that you should probably know about. And Matt DeSalvo from Decrypt tells us even more Bitcoin ETF hopes stay alive as investment giant Fidelity revises their bid. Boston-based investment giant Fidelity has amended its Bitcoin spot exchange-traded fund application as asset managers race to be the first to bring a Bitcoin ETF to market. The fund manager addressed a number of topics in its amendment, but largely focused on the risk associated with such a product, which would give investors exposure to the digital asset via shares traded on a stock exchange. Crypto market investors have been waiting for a Bitcoin ETF for nearly a decade. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has shot down multiple applications for just such a product at every single turn, but recent developments have analysts now saying a Bitcoin ETF is closer than ever before and are bullish on what that will mean for the battered crypto market. An ETF is an investment vehicle that tracks the value of an underlying asset like gold, foreign currencies, or Bitcoin. Because it makes it easier for traditional investors to gain exposure to Bitcoin, market observers believe a Bitcoin ETF will bring a rush of fresh capital into the market. It's a big reason why big players like Fidelity are entering the fray. Applications for a Bitcoin ETF or any ETFs go through a number of drafts before approval. The SEC has delayed approving or denying applications filed this year because they haven't been clear enough for the regulator. Quote, there is no assurance that use or acceptance of Bitcoin will continue to grow, said one line of the amendment. It went on to warn about the volatility of the crypto markets, particularly in light of the collapse of the digital asset exchange FTX. The major crypto exchange collapsed last November. Yes, we know. Quote, in response to these events, FTX's collapse, the digital asset markets have experienced extreme price volatility and declines in liquidity and regulatory and enforcement scrutiny has therefore increased, including from the DOJ, the SEC, the CFTC, the White House, and Congress, the amendment read. It added that, quote, continued disruption and instability in the digital asset markets as these events develop, including further declines in the trading prices and liquidity of Bitcoin, could have a materially adverse effect on the shares in Fidelity's ETF. I'm starting to laugh here. I'll tell you why in a sec. Fidelity's wise origin Bitcoin trust is just one of many Bitcoin exchange traded fund applications that the SEC is currently reviewing. Major Wall Street players like BlackRock, Van Eck, and WisdomTree have all applied to the top regulator for such an investment vehicle. A spot Bitcoin ETF doesn't yet exist in the United States. Crypto future ETFs do because the SEC has been reluctant to approve one. The regulator claims that the price of Bitcoin being open to manipulation is one of the main reasons. Again, I'm starting to laugh. But experts say that it's now only a matter of time before one gets the green light after the world's biggest fund manager, BlackRock, applied for a Bitcoin ETF of its own and fund manager Grayscale scored an August victory against the SEC, where even a federal judge sided with the firm over its application to convert its fund into an ETF. Analysts at Bloomberg, (coughs) sorry, excuse me. Ah, no, hold on. Ah, I just lost my place. Where did it go? Where did it go? An analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence have said that there is a 90% chance that a Bitcoin ETF will get approved in January. In a report last month, Fidelity Digital Assets, the firm's digital asset arm, said that Bitcoin was a superior form of money. Bitcoin at the time of writing was trading at 28257 down 1% in the past 24 hours. All right, so why am I kind of snickering about all this? Well, when you read through it, let's get back up here to the top. Uh, let's see what, what they're saying. Yeah, like the, like this amendment to Fidelity's ETF application says, quote, there is no assurance that the use or acceptance of Bitcoin will continue to grow. And then this one, 
in response to these the FTX collapse, the digital asset markets have experienced price volatility and declines in liquidity, and regulatory and enforcement scrutiny has increased. The DOJ, the SEC, the CFTC, the White House, and Congress. It honestly, it just makes it sound like they're they're like have like I don't know serving you a shit sandwich. It's like they're describing like they've just been describing Bitcoin worse and worse and worse in their ETF applications, like going, well, maybe if we tell them that this is never going to go anywhere, maybe that'll get the SEC to say, okay, well, maybe if we, if we, you know, introduce the fact that, you know, the, the, the regulatory landscape is so, is so weird and volatile that nobody knows if Bitcoin's ever going to work ever. Maybe that will allow them to say yes to a Bitcoin spot ETF. You see what I'm getting at? They keep degrading the product. It's like, I wouldn't want any of these guys selling anything for me ever because I'd be afraid that they would describe my product as a shit sandwich to get somebody to buy it. (laughs) It's like, no, this is a good product. This is an excellent product. You should want this product. Here's what this product, here's the benefits of this product. Here's what this product is going to do for you in your daily life. That's the way that I want a salesman to act. I want them to tell my, you know, my potential customers about the benefits of buying my product. But every time these guys refile, they make Bitcoin look worse and worse and worse in hopes that the SEC will say, yeah, this is a terrible product approved (laughs) see what i'm saying that's why i'm laughing so hard about it anyway rumors of war (laughs) hold on let me do this let me get this one first yeah here we go rumors of war the ny or new york attorney general has sued genesis gemini and dcg for defrauding crypto investors of one billion dollars. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because remember, Grayscale, that's under the umbrella of DCG. That's this is all Barry Silbert, man. This is all Barry Silbert. Oh, I mean, except for Gemini. That's the Winklevi twin. But Genesis, DCG, that that's so connected to Grayscale, it's not even funny. So here it is from Liam J. Kelly and Decrypt. The New York Attorney General's office has filed a lawsuit against Genesis Global Capital, Gemini Trust, and the Digital Currency Group this morning. The complaint also includes allegations against Sochiro Michael Morrow, the former CEO of Genesis, and Barry E. Silbert, the founder and CEO of DCG. Quote, these cryptocurrency companies lied. Yes, they lied to investors and tried to hide more than one billion dollars in losses and it was the middle class investor who suffered as a result said new york attorney general Letitia james in a statement genesis global capital was a new york based lending market that went bankrupt in january it is one of many genesis entities gemini is a crypto exchange operated by Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss, a.k.a. the Winklevi, and DCG is a large crypto-centric conglomerate that owns a variety of different assets in the industry, including Genesis itself, crypto investment firm Grayscale, and the media outlet Coindesk. The New York Attorney General's lawsuit alleges that the three entities defrauded 232,000 customers for over $1 billion. This was allegedly executed via, quote, two distinct fraudulent schemes labeled throughout the lawsuit as the Gemini scheme and the DCG scheme. Now, the Gemini scheme, the NYAG alleges, saw Gemini rip misrepresent credit worthiness of Genesis Global when soliciting users for its EARN program. Before halting withdrawals last year, Gemini offered users yield on their idle cryptocurrencies via the program. To generate that yield, Gemini deposited those holdings with Genesis Global. Quote, Gemini's internal risk analysis, however, contradicted its assurances about Genesis Capital, read the complaint, indicating that Gemini had re-rated Genesis credit worthiness from investment grade to junk grade on one occasion. Earn users 
were also allegedly defrauded by the DCG scheme after the Genesis entities sought to conceal a structural hole at Genesis Capital of more than $1 billion following the collapse of Three Arrows Capital, a Singapore-based hedge fund. The Genesis entities, along with Moro, Silbert, and DCG, then allegedly misrepresented Genesis Capital's financial condition. The lawsuit comes amid a public spat between the Winklevi and DCG's CEO, Barry Silbert, over money owed. In January, Gemini CEO and co-founder Cameron Winklevoss went as far as to demand Silbert step down as CEO, calling him unfit to run DCG. Silbert fired back the same day, calling the move another desperate attempt and unconstructive publicity stunt designed to deflect blame from himself and Gemini. The New York Attorney General, Genesis, and DCG did not respond to Decrypt's request for comment. So, Barry Silbert, again, you know, on this is the other side of the court that you don't want to be on, getting sued by the New York Attorney General's office. Because he has, in fact, in my opinion, defrauded people, and a lot of them. He owes a billion dollars to, the, to uh, Gemini's customers. He just owes that. That's that's not in contention here. What's in contention here was that what what is the billion dollar hole? Was it caused by fraudulent activity? Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, says yes, it was. This doesn't look good for Barry Silbert. But by the way, it also doesn't look good for the Winklevi twins. The, these are the very last remnants of the house that got hit by the hurricane, the Three Arrows Capital, FTX, uh, uh, LendFi, or whatever that, BlockFi, yeah, BlockFi, all of that, that that occurred, right? We're not done with it. People keep thinking that we're done with it, but we're not done with it. And if, as long as you can keep that, hold that idea in your head that we're not done yet, then you'll probably be able to, to survive any price declines here coming up in the future. Do I, am I projecting that that will happen? No, because I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but you know how the markets react every time something like, you know, if Barry Silbert goes to jail and Grayscale is liquidated, do you think Bitcoin's price is going to pump? No, it's not. If Gemini and the Winklevi twins go down in a flaming plane wreck over the Pacific Ocean because they get liquidated, do you think that the price of Bitcoin is going to rise? I doubt it. If you think it would, then you need your head checked because if you've been in this space as long as I have, and there have there are many people that have been here longer than me, and I learned this from them, the way this market works, and by the way, this goes for a lot of other markets too, that kind of news, that doesn't help, right? And we still have a couple of dominoes yet to fall, right? So we are not out of the hurricane yet. We're just on the very end of it. But that doesn't mean that a great, a very great amount of damage can't be done between then and now. Okay, so maybe there's a silver lining. In fact, this one from Coindesk, written by Amkar Godbull, is in fact titled, Bitcoin ETF rumor had a silver lining and it's apparent in the crypto options market. Let's find out more out of Coindesk. Monday's false report that the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission had approved BlackRock's spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund saw the cryptocurrency spike 10% to $30,000 before quickly settling back to 2800 The rumor-led price swing was perhaps bad optics for the crypto industry, validating the SEC's persistent concerns about manipulation and surveillance shortcomings. That said, it did have a silver lining. The rally shows that there's plenty of dry powder waiting to enter the market on approval of such an ETF. Quote, the short-lived pump we saw on the back of the fake news on the ETF approval provided a preview of what is to come in the event of a BTC spot ETF approval, said Dick Lowe, the founder and CEO of quant-driven crypto trading firm TDX Strategies. Quote, the fact that BTC is holding well above 28000 is encouraging and potentially shows that the markets are underinvested 
and may be inclined to start building positions again, end quote. Speculation is rife that the SEC could approve the first U.S.-based spot ETF early next year after the regulator missed a deadline to appeal against a U.S. court verdict that set aside its decision to reject Grayscale Investments' attempt to convert the GBTC into a spot ETF. Quote, with the SEC missing the deadline and actively engaging with other ETF issuers, the odds of a spot ETF approval appear to be near certain, with the expectation that a batch of spot ETFs may be approved on or before January 10th, 2024, which is the final deadline for the ARC 21 shares application, and that's just 83 days from now, Lowe said. Analysts at Blockware Solutions voiced similar opinions, saying the price jump was a sign of what was to come. Quote, the timeline for approval remains uncertain, but one thing that is not uncertain is that the BTC price will move up rapidly once approval happens. At this point, ETF approval is a when, not an if, the analyst said in an email. Perhaps, in the near term, bears may be more cautious in expressing their opinion in the market. The way Bitcoin options have been priced since the rumor suggests that. The 30 and 60 day call put skews, which measures the cost of call options relative to puts, has risen above zero, joining the longer duration skews in signaling a bullish bias. A call option gives the purchaser the right, but not the obligation, to buy the underlying asset at a predetermined price on or before a specific date. A put gives you the right to sell. Sentiment in the in the Ether options market has also improved, but I don't care, so I'm not going to read that. Let's see, get past ETH. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's getting past ETH brings us to the uh, end of the article. <coughs> I think they're right. I mean, again, I'm not raw-rawing an ETF. I don't need one. I'm not going to be buying shares of an ETF. I, I can buy Bitcoin and hold it by myself. I don't need a third-party custodian to do that for me. But they're not wrong. With the rumor of an approval of the Black, of the BlackRock ETF, you saw a 10% jump in the price of Bitcoin, which was almost immediately liquidated right back down to where it began to within like 15 minutes. Once the news broke that it was in fact a false rumor. The powder was there. The powder was there, which means that there is dry powder. It's waiting. It's just It's sitting on the sidelines. It's just waiting. In fact, and I don't even know if I want to get into this, but I will say this. I'm, I'm the the reason that I kind of got a little distracted right there is that I saw something yesterday that I found interesting with the rising interest rates in the bond market. And and generally speaking, the the fed and all that stuff, you've got mortgages that are spiking past 8% at this point for a 30 year note. All right. So the numbers came in yesterday or the day before. I can't remember when. But housing uh, sales has plummeted by something like 13%. And it's already been bad. Okay, the housing sale, housing market is on, is just, uh, it's not on fire. It's on ice. It's, it's sinking into the North Atlantic as we speak. Nobody wants to buy a house. But the same day, another piece of news dropped that Housing starts or new housing construction has spiked. I think that what this is, is that these housing starts are not being ordered by retail, which means a guy, his family, they want a house. They don't want to buy an old house. Maybe you think that it's cheaper to buy a new house and have it built, you know, like a buy a plot of land, have a whole house built, blah, 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 blah. No, I don't think that that's what it is. I don't think there's a massive retail going, you know what, these prices, at these prices of houses that have already been built, I can just, you know, build a brand new house and just wait for it for a year. I think what these housing starts are, are large, massive real estate companies and hedge funds having these houses built because they know something is up, that more people are going to be renting houses. That more people are going to be renting houses. 
You got house prices plunging. And, and the, the analysts over at CNBC, they're like, they're confused. They don't know what the hell is going on. How can housing uh, sales plummet and housing starts rise? All they have to do is disconnect that it's not retail buying the house starts. That's not who's building it. Do I have proof? No, I do not. If you think I'm wrong, send me a boostergram and tell me how much I suck. As long as you pay me some Satoshis, you can tell me I suck all day long. Let's finish it out. Uh, Oh, actually, you know what? We don't have time to finish that one out. So we're going to run the numbers. CNBC, futures and commodities. They got oil. Earl. West Texas Intermediate is up 0.75%, $88.98 a barrel. Brent North Sea, likewise, up over a half point to $92.01. Natural gas is down three and a third to $2.95 per thousand. Gasoline is up almost a half to $2.36 a gallon. Gold is up a third of a point to 1975, while silver is on its ass at a quarter down. $23.04. Platinum is up 0.62. Copper is up almost a half. And palladium is down one and a third. Agricultural futures are fully mixed. Lumber is down a half. Biggest winner of the day is going to be the corn. 1.27% to the upside. Biggest loser today is sugar. 0.84% to the downside. And I was wrong. It's not corn. It's coffee. 4.02% to the upside makes coffee the winner of the day. Live cattle down almost a point. Lean hogs are down just over half point. Feeder cattle are down 1.5%. Ugh, gags. Um, Dow is up almost a half. S&P is up a third. NASDAQ is up just over a half point, and the S&P mini is up 0.11%. We've got uh, most of the bonds, uh, short duration bonds, have decreased in their yield. Uh, The three-year is down 0.03% to 5.012% yield. Everything else, 5, 7, 10, 20, and 30-year bonds have all increased in their yield. We've got the uh, 20-year at 5.28%, and the 30-year is yielding 5.05%. Dollar, the DXY, is down a half point to 106.02, so do with that what you will. Real money chilling out at $28,684. Average transaction value is 1.16 BTC. Median transaction value is just under $400. Block times are low, 8 minutes, 56 seconds. Uh, 0.119 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 18.8 overall in the last 24 hours with almost a half, no, a full point drop in hash rate. We are still, we are still at 459 exahashes per second. And Doge, like the rest of the shit coins, are just going down. 5.8 United States pennies. Remember when it was 6.2 United States pennies and Bitcoin was at twenty-five dollars to $26,000? That's what I'm talking about. I posted a chart, an all-time chart of ETH graft versus the value of Bitcoin on a, I think on a weekly basis, the whole graph from its entire existence. And if you look at the, I posted it on Noster. I think I called it the future of money or something like that. If you go to my Noster and you look up, you know, get my NPUB or something like that. And you go see what I posted. Look at the right-hand side of that chart. Shit does not look good for Ethereum. It doesn't look good for Doge. It looks like altcoins or people are losing interest. We've been here before. That doesn't mean they're going to die. These things are never going to die. If that's what you're waiting for, you're going to wait until you will die before shit coins die. That I guarantee you. That doesn't mean that you go out and buy them. You stay away from these things as much as you can, but there's always some sucker somewhere that's going to keep this shit breathing. I don't know why, but that's the way it is. $560 $560 billion of market capitalization is, in fact, 4.29% of gold's entire market cap. And if you so choose, may purchase 
14.8 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,518,155 and a half of. And 5,370 of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $154.1 million. Yes, that's right, million dollars. Uh, 14,739 nodes that we can see sporting 63,959 payment channels. And 83.1% of all of this shit is running over Tor. This is as high as I've ever seen it. And that's good news. Or at least I think it's good news. Now, mempool. And getting a little up there. Uh, Just under 100 blocks carrying 33,000 unconfirmed transactions. High priority transactions, you're going to pay 29 Satoshis per V-byte. Low priority, 23. Anything under two and a quarter Satoshis per V-byte right now are being purged from mempools around the world. And what does mempool.space have to say about mining? 483.6 exahashes per second, ladies and gentlemen. We are having, we are going, well, there's an estimated 5.3% upwards difficulty adjustment that's coming in roughly around what 10 days somewhere around there we already had a six and a half point jump in difficulty and now we're looking at almost you know a little over five percent jump again this miners are not letting up that to me is a leading indicator about what is to come what do i think is going to come well i think we're going to do all right in the world now, uh, where am I at on the charts? I'm down. Oh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm number seven in the top 10 on fountain charts. And if I can get to the damn show because I forgot to set it up, I will read some boostograms because that's actually one of my favorite parts of the whole show. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. There we go. There we go. Fatoshi with 21,221 sats says cough. (coughs) All right. A wartime psycho with 21,021 or 210 says Friday, 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 mid Michigan Bitcoin meetup, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. at Lake Satoshi in Langsburg, Michigan. Food and water is provided. BYOB. You may camp out overnight at any one of the many, many campsites. Some of us are camping out to head directly over to Five Star Pizza on Saturday. Details at lakesatoshi.com or join the Telegram group. Again, that is lakesatoshi.com for the mid-Michigan Bitcoin meetup. Also, for more time, Psycho 21,210 says, Sounding the alert to Michigan Bitcoiners and nearby areas Saturday, October the 21st. Newly orange-pilled multiple business owner Carl Thornton invites all Bitcoiners to come to the Grand Magic Theater in Cologne, Michigan. 1 through 4 p.m. dev meetup and 4 through question mark, question mark, social time. That means some drinking probably. Five Star Pizza will conduct their first Bitcoin transaction. Pizza, water, soda provided. Come show your support as Carl tries to enter our circular economy. Grand Magic Theater, 132 East State Street, Cologne, Michigan. It's spelled C-O-L-O-N, and I just refuse to call it colon. I'm not going to say colon, Michigan. It's got to be Cologne, Michigan. Otherwise, it's just too damn funny. Fatoshi with 21,000. My God, you guys are generous today. Fatoshi with 21,021 sat says, Noster, Albi, Wavelake. For the win. Letters 6173 with the striper boost says sats are the only stable coin worth transacting in. The tone record with 5150. That's a Van Halen boost right there. Reloaded wallet and catching up on delinquent support sats. Appreciate the insights you've been providing. Thank you, dude. Jen in Indy with 5000 says boost. Floydian slips with 5000 says good luck in whatever you're dealing with. Yeah, no shit. Uh, you need anything, let me know. Permanerd uh, on Noster, you are a rock star. God's death with 1234 says thank you, sir. Now, I need to make a coin kite purchase. Also wondering if anyone used Noster Spring app. It's fucking dope. Black Card Biz replies, I hope you're earning 10% back 
in sats from CoinKite, oh man, <laughs> Black Card Biz with 1021 says, hashtag all sats matter at allsatsmatter.com. Chaos Chicken with 505 says, always enjoy the viewpoint presented. I need to catch the stream. Thanks for your hard work. You're welcome. Uh, O2ZX with 500 says, ah, nice. Fresh new episode in my inbox. Axelrod250 says, hope all is well on the home front. Thanks for the show about the dollar index. I know it's a measure of USD versus a basket of other fiat, but what if BTC was in that basket? Or if BTC could be measured against that basket? Can you sprinkle some more permaculture nuggets for us? Cheers. I might. Well, I'm going to have to because I need to, to start including a lot more of that. I just... One of those things. Now, as far as BTC being, you can do that already on TradingView. You can, you, if, in case you didn't know, you can go get an indicator, go to TradingView. It's free. You, there's some things that are you're locked out from, but the basic functionality is there. And you can get the dollar index as an indicator. And then you can actually put in a, like a, 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 a divisor and have that divisor be the price of Bitcoin. Or you could do it vice versa, depending on how you want to go. But you can already do that. Um, yeah, let's see, what time is it? I got to go. Uh, <coughs> Axelrod, get a hold of me on uh, either DM or just publicly on Noster. It's fine. It, you don't have to DM me. And uh, remind me to show you this, and I will see if I can't dig that up. But, but I've got like four things to do today. I'm going to forget. Please help me not forget. Pies with 100. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. God's death with 100 says, glad your week is going better. Thumbs up. Yeah, no shit. Thank you all. That's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. Hodling hard. Bitcoin's long-term investors own over 76% of all BTC for the first time. It looks like it's an all-time high. And William Suberg from Cointelegraph going to tell us all about it. Bitcoin is becoming scarcer than ever, whether you are a BTC price speculator or just new to the market. The latest data from on-chain analytics firm Glassnode shows a record portion of the available BTC supply is locked up in long-term storage. At more than 76%, Bitcoin's long-term holders eh, control more than more of the BTC supply than at any other point in history. Despite the supply increasing with every block, in percentage terms, the low-time preference Bitcoin investor cohort has a record marketplace presence. As noted by Edward or Charles Edwards, founder, uh, founder of Quantitative Bitcoin and Digital Asset Fund Capriol Investments, the achievement marks a first in Bitcoin's lifespan. Quote, a record 76.2% of the Bitcoin network is locked up with long-term hodlers today, he wrote on Twitter October the 13th. Edwards referenced the knock-on effects of the long-term holder record that coins available for other market participants are getting rarer. An accompanying glass node chart shows LTHs increasing their BTC exposure dramatically from mid-2021 onward, hodling through the entirety of the subsequent bear market only during brief periods since has the percentage supply that they control decreased. In private comments to Cointelegraph, meanwhile, Edwards added that while demand for Bitcoin itself fluctuates, the trend trajectory is clear. Quote, I don't mean demand is the same as 20. 15. I mean that for the same given demand and a reduced supply means price must go up, he explained. But in reality, demand has increased quite a lot since 2015, so it should put even more upward pressure on price for this cycle. We have never had Bitcoin's supply this constricted going into a halving. Now, I'm just going to end it right there. There's some speculation stuff at the end of this, but that let's stay right on that point. That last quote. I really want you to start, like, put this into your head and ruminate on this for the rest of the day. In reality, demand has increased quite a lot since 2015. Pausing to say that's when I got into Bitcoin. So, 
it should put even more upward pressure on price for this cycle. We've never had Bitcoin supply this constricted going into a halving. It's that last sentence. If he's right, if he's right, that changes the dynamic quite a bit because you've got a constricted supply going into a halving. You've got more holders than ever. You've got a whole raft of spot Bitcoin ETFs that are upcoming. So even if, even if, let's say that all these things get released. Let's just say half of the spot Bitcoin ETFs get released. Unless they already hold Bitcoin themselves to put into these funds, they're going to have to go buy it on the open market. So at this point, the compression of a spot Bitcoin ETF that I was talking about earlier in the show, just because it's a compressor, right? The sign- the volatility goes in, it bounces around, it gets kind of squashed so that it's not quite so volatile. It doesn't matter where the compressor is. The compressor can be set low, as in a low price format. It can be set in the middle or it can be set high. But this one, because you're opening an ETF, while hodlers hold most of the Bitcoin, and we've never seen this kind of supply constriction going into having before in the history of Bitcoin, if this dude's right, then even if it's a compressor, that compressor is going to be set high, very high. Am I going to make a price prediction? No, because I'm not that fucking stupid. I'm going to move on. In fact, Bitcoin miners are failing at SEO. You know what? I'm not going to do that. I've got We're in 46 minutes and I've got some stuff to do. I'm going to leave that one maybe for another show. The fact that miners suck at SEO, honestly, given what's going on today with all the stuff that I brought you, do we really want that kind of break? No, we're going to get into no strudel because they've got an update. They do. And nobsbitcoin.com tells us all about it. No strudel update. No Strudel is an open source web client for microblogging on the Noster protocol. Yes, if you're not about Noster, if you don't know anything about Noster, if you're not on Noster, if, if, if for what you are missing the f out, you are missing out. And somebody in the comments if, remind me to uh, talk about Reddit here in a second. All right. So, quote: If you've been following me. Hazard 149, that's at HZRD 149. If you've been following me or have been using the alpha version, uh, some of these aren't new, but these updates are just moving the new features from the alpha version to the stable version. That's what he said. So I've seen these before, but the stable version of, uh, of No Strudel, the client, which is a web client, Right, I'm. I. Well, I'll get into that in a second. If you have not used this, you need to start using this. I've been loving Primal, but I'm really starting to love No Strudel. I'm really starting to get into this. Hazard One Four Nine has knocked this shit right out of the park. So what's new? You can add an option, or it adds the option, so that you can configure Zap splits when writing notes. That's right. I can write a note, and then I can set in like different people's in pubs to take part. Like, so whatever that note that I write gets zapped. Let's say that I'm, I don't know. I'm helping to somebody announce their Bitcoin meetup. And I put the, the author that told me about the, like the Michigan, like the mid Michigan Bitcoin meetup, that guy, I put his in pub into, into the note and I split it 50, 50. So that half of the zaps that go to that note instantly go to that dude's lightning address, I don't ever touch it. It automatically goes. That's right. And they also add supports for paying zap splits. There's a better dark theme. All the icons have been updated. There's a new sign up view. Uh, there's a redeem button for cashew tokens. So that's new. Oh, uh, Stemster embeds. So if you want to stream music, I guess while you're playing, uh, or, 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 uh, not stream music, if you've got some, if there's some music you like on Stemster, you can embed it directly into your note on 
no strudel. So that's good. You can show badges on user profiles, show repost counts on notes and support video and audio file uploads to Nostra.build. <clears throat> Here's going to be, this is my statement. I have been bouncing back and forth between Primal and No Strudel for some time. Last night, I made the decision that I'm going to go 100% No Strudel, at least for the time being. Because while I love Primal, and I do, don't get me wrong, just because I'm, I'm jumping ship and going over to another client doesn't mean that I think Primal all of a sudden sucks. There's just some stuff about No Strudel that I'm fast, I'm just enamored with this interface. It allows me to see so much more, so many more things about my experience in the wider, not like for instance, I, I mean, there's a button in Nostrudel that I can go to streams. I'm like, I, I'm monitoring right now. I'm monitoring the zap.stream stream of this show. Not in zap.stream for the first time. No, I'm monitoring it directly from nostrudel.ninja. That's if you want to use nostrudel, it's nostrudel.ninja. You can use your NPUB and, and like a get Albi wallet or insect bunker to log in. I think it, I know it definitely uses get Albi. I'm pretty sure it uses insect bunker, but in either event, it's nostrudel ninja. It's no strudel. Do you know how to spell strudel, the German dessert? Then you know how to spell no strudel dot ninja. Go there because right now I'm looking at the chat of this stream as well as the what what's going on on video on this stream, and I'm not doing it from Zap Stream. No strudel is picking up Zap dot stream, and I didn't even have to configure it to do that. Somehow or another, it's reaching out saying, "Oh, this guy." is in no strudel. He has a valid NPUB. He has a valid insect, the, the private key. He's able to post. He's able to publish. He's able to read messages. He's able to send direct messages. This must be the guy. So let's go pick up everything that this NPUB has done from around the no strudel or the, the Nostra universe. And we'll just, we'll just bring it all in. And that's what I want. And that's what's happened here. I didn't have to tell it to go get my zap stream. It knows what my zap stream is. It like it can look and say, this is the NPUB. He has a valid insect for this NPUB. Therefore, this NPUB that's done anything around the web is valid for this account. And it just is pulling it in. Don't you see the power of that? This is amazing. In fact, Nostrudel, in my opinion, is just as amazing and as much of a utility for me as Pablo F7Z's Shipyard. And if you're not using shipyard.pub to do all manner of other stuff with when it comes to sending notes and scheduling them, you are missing out. Between these two tools, <coughs> I have the widest reach into the Nostra universe than I've ever had before. And I love every single second of it. That's right. Now, getting on. Bitcoin-centric AI language model aims to drive BTC education and adoption, Gareth Jenkinson from Cointelegraph. It's good at answering Bitcoin and economics-related questions. At least better than GPT-4, says Alex Fan Alexander Svetsky, <laughs> the entrepreneur, author and founder of Spirit of Satoshi, a novel artificial intelligence large language model begins to unpack the arduous journey his small startup has undertaken uh, to create its Bitcoin-centric AI chatbot. The model is the result of a time-consuming training process to generate responses based on reputable Bitcoin sources, the Austrian School of Economics, and libertarian ideals. Still, in its infancy, Spirit of Satoshi reflects ideals from a well-curated Bitcoin corpus, including resources such as Saifedean Amis' best-selling The Bitcoin Standard. Svetsky explained that the major difficulty in building this model was not just curating relevant sources of information from books, research papers, and podcasts, but also guiding the model to generate responses through an exhaustive training process. He added that a common misconception about LLMs is that they're sourcing information like a search engine. Quote, 
They are just probabilistically stringing words together in a way that is representative of the patterns within the model. So it's not even sourcing anything, end quote. It's part of the reason why AI chatbots tend to, quote, hallucinate from time to time, Svetsky explained, and why developing an LLM requires a focus on training it on a style of answering. Spirit of Satoshi is by no means perfect either, at least not in its current iteration, quote, our model will also hallucinate. It's also going to talk shit, but it's going to say something more like a Bitcoiner would say, end quote. Having established a broad but targeted base of Bitcoin-centric information, Svetsky's uh, team has set about feeding the model tens of thousands of question-and-answer pairs using programmatic methods. However, a human element is still required to help Spirit of Satoshi generate responses that might have come from its namesake. The ongoing development of the model is leaning on the wider Bitcoin community as a result. Spirit of Satoshi employs an incentive process that allows the public to verify, create, and validate data for the model. Using credentials from the Lightning Network, Noster, or email addresses, a proof-of-knowledge mechanism allows users to get paid in Satoshis for helping train the model. The process uses a consensus model that will automatically impose a penalty if users are creating junk data. Svetsky described it as the crucial human element to improve Spirit of Satoshi's outputs. Quote, it's producing incredible content. It's the last piece to take your content from 80% good to 95% good. And that has a huge impact on the quality of the model. End quote. The difference between responses generated by Spirit of Satoshi and ChatGPT is palpable according to Svetsky. The latter is trained on mainstream ideas of what Bitcoin and concepts like inflation are. Quote, if we ask chat GPT about inflation, it will tell you that it's the sign of a healthy economy. <laughs> well, it's not. Inflation is the sign of a systemic problem, like your purchasing power decreasing, end quote. Svetsky said this scenario was part of the res de trente however you pronounce that, behind Spirit of Satoshi, retaining the LLM to reflect the nuances that embody the type of thinking behind the Bitcoin movement. Quote, if you ask about inflation, our model should say, no, inflation is actually bad for the economy because it disincentivizes savings or savings have a knock-on effect on people's time preference, end quote. The future of the platform is fairly open-ended, according to its founder. Spirit of Satoshi could be a learning tool or online tutor embedded into educational platforms or online universities. It could also be the basis for the ultimate Bitcoin influencer through its BTC-centric outputs. Quote, I'd like to see it become the destination for the next 100 to 500 million people that want to learn about Bitcoin. The point for their first steps of understanding, end quote. Spirit of Satoshi was built on the basis of an existing open source model that possesses inherent proficiency in English and a Wikipedia type of bias. The latter was addressed by structuring the model's responses to its Bitcoin and Austrian economic principles data sets. So, this is Alexander Svetsky's deal. It's called Spirit of Satoshi. That's what we've been talking about, right? That's this whole thing. It's an AI large language model, but it's been centrified. What does that mean? It means that, and, and here's the thing, a large language model gets trained on a whole bunch of different stuff. And I think the way that I understand this is that the first parts of its training is just to get it to be able to you know, form sentences better than an eight-year-old. Right. So that you can have at least a conversation about it. But after that, after it's kind of tuned to be able to hold a conversation in a language like English. Right. Then it starts being exposed. To different things like, I don't know, a, a generalized, uh, let, let's say, exposed to permaculture. Let's say that I at that point now, now that I've got it trained. <clears throat> to hold a conversation, <clears throat> I give it information that I want it to know. I don't give it stuff like the politics of the Democrat Party or the 
underlying, uh, you know, I don't give it, you know, like the old uh, writings from uh, Justice Scalia from the Supreme Court. I don't expose it to any of that. I just want it exposed to permaculture stuff. So I give it nothing but permaculture. And then I start training it there. But that's a big job too. But let's get, let's X that. Let's, let's not worry about that part. The real part is that I'm giving it a very centrified view of the world. I don't want it to know about politics. I don't want it to know about how a car works. I don't give a shit if it knows a fucking thing about Bernoulli's principle and how 747s stay in the sky as long as they're being shoved forward by a fucking jet engine. I don't care if it knows anything about that. I want it to know about permaculture. I want it to know how to answer questions about what is a swale? What does it do? What are the ramifications of having a swale on grades that are greater than 15%? Things like that. And, and, and that's just about a swale. So if I start asking that model about what it thinks about Joseph Biden, I expect the answer to be who? Because it doesn't know anything about Joseph Biden. See, and that's one of the, it's a power, it's a two-edged sword. It's the power of the large language model to be very, you can very much centrify it to say, look, I want you to read nothing but Alex Svetsky's and Dergigi's writing. Nobody else, just those two cats. And that way I now have formed kind of a model of what would happen if Alexander Svetsky and Dergigi got married and had a baby. I know it's a disgusting thing to think about, right? But their ideas anyway. I could do that. I could have a mo- I could build a model where it's just where it's done nothing but listen to me talk for the 811 episodes that I have at the end of this particular episode. That's 811 hours of me talking about Bitcoin and the news. What might I be able to ask a large language model that has no evidence of another world outside of the realm of what I've talked about for 811 hours? Now, it may not be worth much. I'm not saying that. But it could be. It could be to me. Now, the other side of that sword, that's not very decentralized in its ideas, is it? There's a fine line to walk. And the sharper the sword, that line becomes more able to cut you like a knife. Uh, now, uh, plebbook.com, community resources for aspiring Bitcoin Lightning ecosystem builders. This is no BS, Bitcoin.com. Plebbook is a builder's manual for Bitcoin and Lightning. Uh, it's a comprehensive community resource designed to support and enlighten aspiring developers and builders venturing into the exciting Bitcoin and Lightning ecosystem world. Consider this platform, and it is a website, consider this platform your builder's manual, curated exclusively for Bitcoin and Lightning. Here you can discover various Bitcoin communities, earning opportunities, education, and developer resources, including workshops and courses, libraries, dev kits, and much, much more. Shout out to Julianati, Nifty Knee, and Base58BTC for the help. Okay, so here's, you know, here's the website is, in fact, book.pleblab.com. So this is a Pleb Lab product. I love the guys over at Pleb Lab. I love you guys. If any of you guys are listening, car, if you're listening, I love you guys. I love you guys a lot. But this is book, as in B-O-O-K dot pleblab dot com. Please go visit the website. Now, let's go back and read read this thing. Comprehensive community resource designed to support and enlighten aspiring developers. Consider it a builder's manual. Curated. Yeah, I'm getting to a point. Curated exclusively for Bitcoin and Lightning. You can discover various communities, earning opportunities, education, developer resources, workshops, courses, libraries, dev kits, and much, much more. What is this? What was I just talking about? Building a large language model that is centrified around something. 
Now let's take Alex Alexander Svetsky's idea of Spirit of Satoshi. And we start with a large language model that's trained to be able to hold a conversation but doesn't know much about the outside world. And now we just have that live over at Pleb Lab. And it's and all it intakes is all of the content at Pleb Lab. What can you do with that? Bitcoin Park, same fucking thing. It gets a large language model that lives at bit. Well, it doesn't have to physically live. I guess it could be on a cloud somewhere, but I think it'd be better if it was sitting on a very big machine with a couple of, you know, out, uh, ability to grab some, some GPU power from uh, across the web, which we can do with what was it? GP universe. I think I can't remember where you can get like GPU power and pay for it in Satoshi's for training large language models. I've covered it before, but it like it lives over at Bitcoin Park or this one lives over at Pleb Lab and it becomes the large language model repository for all things Pleb Lab and over at Bitcoin Park, another one for all things Bitcoin Park for Spirit of Satoshi, all things Spirit of Satoshi. You see where this could go? AI doesn't have to be frightening, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, it can be empowering. And this kind of stuff is what's going to make it empowering. And that's going to do it for the Morning Roundup. Time for a joke. It's Dad Says Jokes. My boss said to me, you're the worst train operator ever. How many trains have you derailed in the past year? I told him, I'm not sure. It's hard to keep track. Get it? Ha! All right, guys, I've got to jump. I've got to bail really, really quickly, so I'm just going to make it short and sweet. I love all of you. I don't like not doing a show. Please support the show. Please get the word of the show to other people so that they can help you support the show so that I don't have to do anything other than make this show the best it can be. I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.